Thanks. Come on, let's give Jesus a clap and honor him. Lord, we honor you. We thank, thank you. See if we get that volume right. <laughs> Lord, we just invite you to come and bring revelation to our heart. Open the eyes of our understanding. We may see the hour we live in and Lord, be people of faith that respond to you. We want to be driven by kingdom agenda, not by a world agenda. We just honour you today, Lord, invite you to come. I pray, Lord, this message be very simple, easy to understand, and that whatever you want to speak will resonate in hearts today. Jesus, amen. amen. Come on, let's take a seat then. <clears throat> so good to be here. Absolutely wonderful. Just really appreciate Pastor Dave and Kate and what you're doing and just stands you're taking as well. And uh, I, I loved, I was with um, Terry the other day and uh, Terry, we were talk, just talking about this whole area of just some of the, the discussions and arguments that come around, just COVID issues and so on. And he said when it started in his house, he just said there'd be no dissension in this house. No dissension in this house. In other words, you won't raise the topics that bring dissension. We keep our focus on what will keep us together. Amen? Talk more about Jesus, eh? That's great leadership there, Terry, right there. And welcome those who are watching online. Trust you're going to enjoy the message today. I want to speak a message called, uh, I want to call this present age a time of preparation. This present age, a time of preparation. The last time I spoke on the age to come. So I'm just gonna go re-back and just pick up a few thoughts on that just to, for those who weren't there. And then I wanna talk about this present age. Help you understand some things. Just get that volume and sound. It just sounds a little noisy up here. Okay, first of all, we saw that there are two ages. One's called this present age and another one is called the age to come. And then there's obviously the Bible refers to ages beyond that. We saw that, that Jesus spoke of it in Matthew chapter 12, 32. If anyone speaks a word against the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven him. Whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit. And what was happening, they were accusing Jesus' work of deliverance which is a manifestation of the kingdom as being due to demonic power. In other words, they were speaking against the Holy Spirit. He said, it will not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come. This age, the age to come. So clearly he's speaking about two ages and they're separated in time. There's a separation between them. There's a transition. One comes to an end, the other begins. And uh, that word age is a word, a distinct period of time when God is working out a particular aspect of his purpose. So in this age, he is working out a particular aspect. I can't go into all of that now. And then when the, uh, the coming age or the, the, the age to come, then we see a different aspect worked out and something that history has never seen before. And we saw also that Paul spoke of the two ages in Ephesians 1, verse 20 and 21. His theme is, I'm praying that the spirit of wisdom and revelation will come to you. In other words, he's saying, you need God to open your understanding that you might understand the, uh, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints what God is building inside us that's so precious and the exceeding greatness of his power, which he wrought, and here it is, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above every principality, power, might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age which is to come. Here it is again, this age, 
the age to come. And so he speaks of these two ages. So the two ages are separated by two events which happen very closely. The two ages are separate. In other words, at the end of the age and the transition to the next age, there are two things that happen. One, the second coming of Christ. Christ will return. This is the great hope of the church, is the return of Christ as a king come to reign over his over the earth he purchased. Matthew 24, 3, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be. What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? There it is, the question, the sign of your coming and the end of the age. They put it together, the coming of Jesus and the end of the age go hand in hand. And he said, the sign of the Son of Man, verse 30, will appear in heaven and all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and glory. So notice there, the age ends when Jesus comes. So everything he's been doing in this age will stop and when he comes, something else will be introduced. The second thing that happens at that time is the first resurrection, the first resurrection. The book of Revelation tells us there are two resurrections, one at the beginning of the 1,000 year coming age and one at the end of the 1,000 year coming age, two resurrections. In Luke 20, verse 34 to 36, they're asking about resurrection and do you get married and what if you had many wives and whose wife and they go into all this kind of stuff. And he just says, uh, the sons of this age, there it is, he's talking about this age. He's talking about people who live in this age, marry and are given in marriage. So he's saying in this age, people marry, people have families because there's a mandate to fill the earth. We haven't filled the earth yet. There's a mandate to fill the earth. Those who are counted worthy to attain that age. So now he's talking about this age now and that age, the one that's gonna come. And he said, those who are counted worthy to attain that age and the resurrection of the dead. So that age is preceded by a resurrection. The question is who are in that resurrection and will you be in that resurrection? And then he goes on, they can neither die uh, the, uh, those who are uh, resurrected, they neither marry nor are given a marriage. They can neither die anymore. They're equal to the angel and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. So in the present age, we marry and have families, live and die. But he says, when that age comes, there will be people resurrected. Then they will not marry. They will have a body that will not die. They will enter and be able to move in and out of the physical and eternal realm. And they'll be like the angels. They're not subject to death or anything. No one can hurt them. And uh, so we saw a little bit about that when we talked about the power of the age to come. I want to talk about this present age, this age. And uh, once you start to study, you find the Bible is full of revelation. So we've got to try to contain it to just the things I felt to say today. So first of all, I want to share with you five characteristics of this present age. Now, there are some people think it's all getting better. Well, there are many things are improving. I mean, technology is just so amazing. Lots of things are improving. But look what, here's some characteristics of this present age. It helps if you understand it. In first of all, this present age, the Bible calls an evil age, evil age. So this present age is an evil age. Now, this is not my words, this is the Bible. This is Paul writing by revelation in Galatians 1.4. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present 
evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. So that word evil means to be malignant. It means to be hurtful. It means to be full of hardship and labor. It means to be wicked in nature. So he's saying that the age we live in is characterized by wickedness. When you look in the media, you see injustice, wickedness everywhere. You see lots of good things too, but the age is generally characterized by evil. And it's an age when we need to be delivered from that evil. Notice he said, he has, he's gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. So when we live in this present evil age now, we need to be delivered. We can't deliver ourselves. We need a saviour. We need, that's why Jesus came. He came to deliver us out of the power of this present evil age. And I'll describe a bit more about that in a moment. So every person needs to be delivered from the influence and governing spiritual authorities of this evil age. You can't get out of it yourself. Only one person can deliver you and save you. His name is Jesus Christ. And so our primary focus as a church, as believers, is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ who is able to deliver people out of this evil age. It doesn't say change the age or change everything. It's proclaim the gospel that Christ has forgiven our sins and by forgiving our sins, he delivers us out of the influence of this age. It's really quite important to see that. So, so notice you use that word deliver, to deliver us, rescue us from sin and demonic influence. So there's not a person living in the world today, no matter how good they appear to be, that does not need to be delivered from sin and demonic influence from this present evil age. Every person. This is the mandate given to the church is to make disciples, followers of Christ, by preaching the gospel that will deliver them from the power of this evil age. If you're looking at the problems in society, they cannot be fixed by a different government. They cannot be fixed by changing things because behind them is something evil at work. We have to be delivered from that evil influence. People forget this, but this present evil age. It brings us to the second thing, that this uh, present age is dominated by the invisible influence of Satan. This present age is still dominated by the invisible influence of Satan. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2. Ephesians 2 verse 1 and 2. And you he has made alive who were once dead in trespasses and sins. So he's, he's beginning and he's talking about talking to believers. And he said, before you came to Christ, you were dead spiritually. You were dead and you were living a life where sin and just violating God's law was quite normal. And he said, you were like that. But now he said, and he said, when it was like that, you once walked according to the course of of this world according to the prince of the power of the year, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. So he's saying before you came to Christ, you walked according to the course of this world. Now you just gotta look at the meanings of those words. First of all, the word course is the word age. Before you came to Christ, you walked according to the influences of this age. Interesting, isn't it? It's important when you become a Christian, you stop walking 
under the influence of this age. He said, you walked according to the course of this world, the age of this world. The word world does not refer to the spherical globe. The word world is the word cosmos, the structure and value systems that are built in societies around the, the earth. The governance systems, the education systems, all of the systems that are set up, that is the word cosmos. He said, so what you did was before you came to Christ, you lived in all of these systems of the world, but really you were influenced by the spirit of this age. That's why you went along with its values and its culture. Okay? And it says, and you were by nature, it says that spirit, uh, uh, the prince of the power of the air, of course, refers to Satan. And it says he works in the children of disobedience. So that word work means to create energy or to energize behaviors. So let's just, now we've pulled the words apart. Let's just simplify the language of it. Before we came to Christ, naturally, we were under the influence of a spirit we didn't see. And that spirit we didn't see promoted us to live according to the values of the structures around us and to walk disobeying God and causing grief to him, which is why he sent his son. That's why it says, but God who is rich in his love and his great mercy within he has loved us, has saved us. Aren't you glad you're saved? Here's the worst thing. When you were like that, you didn't even know you were like that. Because everyone was like that. And once you got saved, suddenly you realize, oh, oh, how could I not have seen? I was blind. Now I can see. Oh my goodness, what an idiot I was. I had so many dumb things I was doing. How many know that? I mean, everyone's got dumb stuff you did. You think, oh, don't want to talk about it. You know, dumb stuff. How could I have been so dumb? Well, you were walking under an influence. It makes sense under demonic influence. Okay, next thing, the third thing then is this present age then is characterized by spiritual blindness. This present age is characterized by spiritual blindness. Let's read the scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 3, if our gospel is veiled, in other words, you can't understand it, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And that is what it tells us there. Satan is revealed to be the God of this present age. He has been permitted by the Lord, who has sovereignty over everything, to exercise a limited amount of authority, and he's called the God of this age. In other words, Structures of society are influenced by him. Can the idea? And he works to obstruct people receiving Christ. Notice it said, he has blinded them, blinded their mind. Now, have you ever, have you ever talked to someone, shared the gospel of Jesus with them, and it's like, huh? What? La, 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 never heard a thing. Now, that is actually, you're, you're seeing tangibly the influence of a spirit that has blinded their mind. So people are unsaved. They can't see that they're blinded to the reality of Christ. They, they can't see why they need to change. They can't even see the problems they've got in their life and what's causing them. There's a blindness. 
So the God of this world blinds people. So they're walking around spiritually blind and can't see. So when you're dealing with the unsaved, if you want them to be saved, you must first be an intercessor and pray for them. Because it's not a matter of just arguing the gospel with them. If you argue them into the gospel, then you'll argue, someone else argue them out of it. They need revelation. No man comes to the Father, to Jesus, unless the Father draw him. So, so in other words, a person can't receive Christ unless that blindness goes off their heart. And it's like, oh, I see. I can, I, how many have had those moments where suddenly, well, oh, how could I have never seen that before? That's so obvious. And that's, that's because revelation has come. Revelation, you didn't figure it out because you were smart. God just dropped it in and told you and suddenly, oh yeah, I see, of course. How come you don't see? <laughs> it so easily happens that way, isn't it? I can remember when I first heard the message of the kingdom of God and, and I got revelation. It was like, oh, I'm undone. My whole life was undone in a moment. Just could see everything that was out of order and out of alignment. It's because my mind was veiled prior to that and suddenly it was unveiled by revelation. That's why Paul said, I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing him will come on you. That's one of your daily prayers. God, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I wanna know you. I wanna know you. I wanna know more about the calling. I wanna know more about what you're doing in me. I wanna know more about your power. I want to know, I can't figure it out and I love it that we can't figure it out that means that smart people and not so smart people and those who are really low everyone's on the same level and that's why often the smart people oh, I don't know and that and someone who's who just never even got through school they say I got it I got it I got it I Jesus saved me I love him you get any idea it's like this is a great leveler I like that Unless you humble yourself, you don't get to see these things, you know? <laughs> get an idea. So, so the primary manifestation of evil is the blindness that's over people so they can't see the truth about Jesus. Everything comes out of that. Everything comes out of that. So you find everywhere in the world there's religions of all kinds. They're all manifestations of that blindness. They take them off here, there's this over here, and there's this over here, and there's this over here. But it's all a blindness that stops people receiving. That's the issue. That's why prayer is so important, because we don't see people saved unless there's prayer. People are blinded to the gospel and don't see their need. Any idea? And frequently, of course, as you're well aware, that the, the place that people see their need is when they're in a crisis and then someone says, come to church, and they come to church, but they're desperate. They've got no more options. I tried every option. Well, okay, there's this now the God option. I never have considered it before, but now I'm so down and got no hope. I'm going to try the God option. Oh, it worked. How amazing. My life changed. You think, well, what kind of, what, why, why did it take you so long to get here? It's because of pride of heart, resistance to God, the blindness that's upon our lives. Any idea? We're all being blind. We're not that smart. We needed God to open our eyes and suddenly I see my need for Christ and I see what he's done. And I respond and receive him and everything begins to change. Any idea? So, 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 so there it is. So the, so the next thing about this age is it's characterized by hostility and resistance to the gospel. It's characterized by hostility and resistance to the gospel. 
Let me give you a verse, a couple of verses. Ephesians 6, 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the spirit realm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand. That's pretty clear. There's a war going on and believers need to make a stand. So Satan obstructs believers from living a life that honors God. You have to understand that now you've made that decision to receive Christ, there's a whole journey of growing and bringing your life and your relationships into alignment with him so you please him and you see the benefits and blessings of being in his kingdom. The devil is committed to work against you. He will do everything he can to persuade you following Christ is a dumb thing to do. And, and many of the things of the kingdom of God are counterintuitive. In other words, when you look at them, they don't seem that smart. Like for example, Jesus said, if you want to be great, yeah, I want to be great. He says, now serve. Oh, that's a dumb thing to do. Can you understand? It's like it just is opposed to the way the world thinks. But it works. You, businesses that run great service, get, they grow to become great businesses. If you don't have great service, you can't become great business. Because serving is characteristic of the kingdom of God. In the world, everyone wants to be the top dog and tell everyone else what to do. But in the kingdom of God, you become the servant of all. You see, so it's counterintuitive. So there's a hostility against believers. That hostility is present through the culture, through your family. How many have had family resist your walk with God? Or the culture you're in fights against the knowledge of God, pushes you into things which are destructive. See, there's a war going on and it's a war for your destiny. See? So Satan is the source of it all. He's behind it all. He's engineering, manipulating. He's a, he's a supernatural being who contends against God and God's representatives. So you're either in the kingdom of darkness and, therefore, and, and deceived or you're in the kingdom of God and you're engaged in a warfare. No one is exempt. That's why he says, put on the armor of God that you can stand and not quit. When you see people quit or you see them fall into sin, they were overcome by an evil adversary. It's not God's plan for them. Don't get angry at them. Love them, pray for them and go share with them and draw, draw them back to where they belong in the house of God. So a commitment to Christ is a commitment to step into an arena of spiritual warfare. Now, you say, oh, well, I don't want that. <laughs> well, which is it better? To live in the prison camp, defeat it and torment it, or to stand up in freedom and give it a go? Hey, come on. Step up and fight for your freedom, you know? In the world, which is shaped by demonic powers, has a contempt for the word of God and the principles of the kingdom and is actively hostile towards it. You start to stand up and speak about family values, Christian values, purity, about men and women, their roles and whatever, you'll see how hostile the world is. 
you get, and, and in many nations, if you get certain, uh, if you don't follow the main media, if you follow other media sources, you'll find that there are vast areas of the world where people are being murdered for their faith, men and women and children being burnt alive, being beheaded, uh, just to this very day, giving up their lives rather than yield and give up Christ. You understand that just because you didn't read about it doesn't mean it's not happening. It's happening in a big scale in a whole number of nations now. And, uh, you know, right through the, the Middle East and then up into Africa. Africa, there's terrible things happening in Africa at the moment. Occasionally you read a little bit about them, but the media will always, always conceal what is really happening. That this is a warfare against Christianity. It, it, it just hides it. Why does it hide it? Oh, because Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. He manipulates the media to conceal from people the true nature of the fight. You need to see through it all and not listen to the lies and get into the word of God and get God's kingdom worldview in your life. Any idea? Okay, here's another thing about the spirit of this age. The spirit of this present age works to choke the word of God. The spirit of this age is constantly at work to choke the word of God. Now, let's just explain what I mean in a moment, and then you'll start to see this very clearly. In Matthew 13, verse 22, remember Jesus talked the parable of the sower. How many know the parable of the sower and the seed? Sower sows the seed and so on and so forth. And Jesus said in Mark 4, and uh, he said that this is the key parable of the kingdom. If you don't get this parable, you don't get to understand how God works. In this age... We don't see the fullness of the kingdom of God yet. Rather, the sower sows the seed and the seed grows and produces fruit. And so he says the seed is the word of God and the seed is sown in different grounds. Now, Matthew 13, 22, he that's received the seed among the thorns is the one who hears God's word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So notice this, the word of God has power to change you. It has power to change your finances, your personal health, your marriage, your relationships. It has power to change your life if you believe it and apply it and act on it. That's the power of the word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away. My word will never pass away. So we need to be students of the word of God. You need to have a Bible of some kind, whether it's an app on your phone or a, a solid Bible, a hard copy Bible. You need to have one and study it. Why? Because it'll give you keys to overcome in life. We should be students of the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeding from the mouth of God. This is not a Sunday thing. This is a daily, they went out to get from God their provision. So, so we need to have the word of God. Now notice here what it says. He taught this, that this is a fundamental parable. Then he said, the word of God can become choked. In other words, God's word can enter your heart and you come away and you're all excited and you're, you're starting to do well as a believer. And then he says something chokes it. How many know someone who started well and then they got choked? They're no longer walking with God. Well, this, is, this is exactly the thing. So what was it did it? Oh, well, someone offended them, whatever. No, no, there's something deeper at work here. It, the word world, it says the cares of this world. Have you got that? Underline cares of this world. The word world is the word age. The cares 
of this age is what caused the problem. Now, what is he talking about here? Well, the word care is the word anxiety, fear. It's the word to become distracted by something else so you're not focusing on what is the main thing. So he said, this age is characterized by pressure to distract you from what God's best is for your life. To get you worried about food, to get you worried about your job, to get you worried about your family, your marriage. It's actually to get you worried and burdened so you don't live free and a joyful life. It's, It's a spirit. So the care of this age firstly refers to just the worry about earning a living and providing week to week. And I mean, now there's a bit of stress in that, isn't it? But actually it refers to the spirit of this age that drives people to be ambitious and and seek position and entitlement and wealth. It's actually a pressure to try and be someone and get ahead. And everyone is under that pressure because it's in the culture, it pushes you in lots of subtle ways that you're not good enough unless you have this, get this, and so on. So he said, the spirit of this age can so weigh you down and distract you from things of God that in the end, what God started never finished. You all know people that that's happened to. The cares of life, the cares of this age choke the word and it's likened to thorns and thistles. You know, you haven't tried to plant a garden, you plant the seed and it's all going well. Next thing you look and you don't know what happened between now and then, but now there's all these thorns and thistles and weeds and, and nothing's come out of the garden, never got anything out of it. It should have, it was, it was ground and it had, it had good seed. The problem is not the seed, the problem was the weeds growing in the ground. And so he talks about that. So there's a spirit behind that. John called it the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. So it pressures people to conform to this culture. So when you come to Christ, it's not just a matter of receiving Jesus and getting saved. He has a plan to bless, prosper and promote you. But that requires progressively letting go the way you thought and lived and adopting a kingdom lifestyle. The values of the kingdom, humility, instead of pride, meekness, instead of being angry. You understand, it's a progressive development. And God wants to bless you through progressively surrendering to his kingdom. And what happens is the world and its culture or the spirit of this age tries to pressure us to conform to become like everyone else. You're subject to that all the time. I don't wanna become like everyone else. I wanna be like God wants me to be and do what he called me to do. I don't want to do what you want me to do or what everyone else wants me to do. I wanna manage my money that way. I wanna manage my life according to what God has planned because it's a really good plan. It's better than what the world has in mind for me. It'll fill me with fear and anxiety and stress. And after I've worked hard and been driven and got all this money and success and look around, no marriage, no family, it's a mess. You understand it's, it's distorted. And if you yield to it, it distorts you. Settle for godliness and contentment. You find you have a much happier life. Eh? And here's the next one. The, this present age is in conflict with the kingdom of God and will end with judgment. So at the end of the age, God will bring it into judgment. That means Jesus isn't always gonna be nice to everyone. He is also a just judge 
who will bring a transformation and a change. And those who resist, he will deal with very straight and very, very quickly. And you see that in Matthew 13, verse 40, as the tears are gathered and burnt in the fire, so will it be at the end of this age. What? The end of the age, what's going to happen? He said, there will be a releasing of angels and there will be a turmoil in the earth and there will be a separating out of good and evil. Oh, that's really pretty good. Now, I've just taken my time with that because it's quite helpful. How many understand the characteristics of that age, of this age? It's quite, quite distinct, see what it is. Now, in this present age, here's the good part. In the present age, we can stretch by faith into the coming kingdom and bring the power and presence and reality of that into today's life and living. That's the great news. That is the great news. The power of this age, of the age to come has already entered this age. We don't have to wait until it all comes. It's already available now. That is great news. In Hebrews 6, 5, you have tasted the good word of God and tasted the powers of the age to come. So the age to come is future, but its power and blessing is available now by faith. It's available now by faith. You don't have to live a normal, limited life. Don't limit God. You don't need to be limited. See, there are two manifestations of the kingdom. In the age to come, as we shared last week, it'll come in fullness of glory and power. Now it's present, but it's invisible, but we can taste it. Now, what is a taste? A taste is not a meal. A taste is when you sneak into the fridge and there's some chocolate there and you have one bit. And what happens when you have one bit? More, exactly. You become a gobbler and a scoffer. You can't stop because you got the sugar high. Now I've got to have more. So it says, we have tasted. In other words, right now you can taste. You can have an experience. You can get a little portion of all that is to come. And it's available to you now. Now. It's available now. Faith is now. It's not a matter of waiting till some great thing happens. But now by faith, you can bring that age to here and now. I'm so excited by that. So even though Satan is still the God of this age, in spite of that, we're living in his world, his earth, under his management, and we can bring something into it that comes from the kingdom of God. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Tasted it. So it's available now. Now you see, think about Jesus. Jesus is the king. And the king entered this present age. He was born here. And he demonstrated the power. And then he died and was raised from the dead. That means in this present age, resurrection, which is from the future age, is here now. The power of resurrection is here now. When Jesus died on the cross, he legally defeated the demons, the devil. He cast out demons. That means the power of the age to come to defeat the enemies of God is here now. It's here now. We don't have to wait. We need to press in to take hold of it. Come on. Mark 9, 25. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. God wants us to be a people of faith. A people who believe God is a supernatural God. He's my God. That life has begun within me and it can manifest through me. 
The same Spirit that powerfully transformed Jesus' body and raised it from the dead has come to live in us. Don't live like a weakling and a victim. You have a powerful Spirit living within you in this present age. I love it. Salvation, when people get saved, it's evidence the kingdom is present now. In Lotus in Galatians 1.4, we read, He gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil age. We have been delivered from the power of the devil. Jesus broke the power of sin. He has delivered us. Colossians 1 says, He's translated us out of the dominion of darkness, the power of darkness. He's put us into another kingdom which belongs to another age. You're like an alien living in the earth, part of a different kingdom, living according to a different king. Every time someone gets saved, the power of devil is broken. So it's by faith. It's by faith. So people are saved. How do people get saved? They hear and they believe. And by faith, the Holy Spirit does the work breaking the power of sin, the power of Satan, and shifting them and putting them in another kingdom where now we have access to another lifestyle and another power. You don't have to live defeat. You don't have to live in sin. God's made provision for you to be free. Every time someone is delivered, deliverance, Jesus taught, is an evidence the kingdom is here now. Matthew 12, 28. If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons, then the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven means the reign of God. It means the defeat of His enemies. So when you get involved in deliverance, one of the reasons I love deliverance, every time I see someone deliver, every time I pray and someone is delivered, the power of the coming kingdom with all its victory is here now. Yep, it's limited. Yep, it's localized, but it's here. It's here. I got the stuff. I got that power. I saw them delivered. The devil ran away. Every time I see someone and I scream out as the demons come out of them, oh, the kingdom is here. The rule of God is here. A superior kingdom is here. You do that by faith. And listen, it says these signs will follow those who believe. All can cast out demons. You need to get yourself equipped so you know how to do it. Not a hard thing. It's part of your right, part of the privilege of being citizen of the kingdom of God. He said, how will you enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless you bind the strong man? So Satan is the strong man. This house is the age that we live in now. And God, God calls the church to arise, preach the gospel of the kingdom, get men saved out of the dominion of darkness, and then confront the demons and cast them out and demonstrate the power of God. Demonstrate the reality of the kingdom. Demonstrate Jesus is stronger. Demonstrate God is bigger. Demonstrate all things are possible. Whenever you see healings and miracles, miracles are evidence of the kingdom. The power of the age to come is present here now. Luke 10.1, he sent them out to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to heal the sick, cast out demons. In every age, there has been people. In every age, there has been men and women who saw an age to come, who believed in God and by faith, they overcame in their age. They're all gone. The Noahs, 
the Moses, Samson, all the mighty men listed in Hebrews that brought pleasure to God because in their generation, they reached by faith into the coming age and brought its power in and saw kingdoms subdued, armies defeated, miracles done. It's our turn. This is the day we live in. It's a day of upheaval and turmoil and change and you were here for such a time as this. You were called to be a man, a woman of faith like these men in the Bible. They've all gone. They live their life. They're written in the Bible to say, be like them. Hebrews chapter six. I think verse 12, it says, don't be slothful. Don't be lazy. Don't be slacker. It says, rather be an imitator of those who through faith and endurance obtain or inherit the promises of God. You can live a life without the power of God. The Bible calls it slothful. Or we can live a life imitating men of faith. Read up the stories of the men of faith, of their encounters with God. Listen to testimonies of God at work. Find men of God who have faith in their heart and live that way and be an imitator of them in their believing God. Be an imitator of them in their endurance when everything's going against them and they hold the Word of God and God turns the circumstances. Be people like that. Be imitators of men of faith. Be followers of them. Don't follow the world. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't let the world shape you, but be a person of faith. By faith, the power of God is brought into this age. By endurance, when circumstances are contrary and you still believe God and still walk with Him, when people ridicule you, when circumstances mock you and you still hold on to God, His power is released for you. This is the people we're called to be. This is the hour that you've got your chance to shine. This is the culture. This is the world we're living in now where you have your chance to shine, to share the gospel, to live by faith, to start to speak the Word of God over your life. Pray the Word of God. Stop talking about vaccines and COVID and all this stuff. Start talking Jesus. Start talking the Word of God. Start talking the Kingdom of God. Start believing God and His Word. Praying for people. Look for an opportunity to to witness. Look for opportunities to pray for people to be delivered. Step up, man of God. Step up, woman of God. This is your hour. God has already shown the future age of the kingdom and its power is available to be tasted now. I'm gonna have to finish here. Had another whole section on how you prepare yourself for that coming age. This age, we prepare. So every day you walk by faith, you're preparing. You have your chance now to prepare. Perhaps the first way you prepare is to acknowledge and embrace the King, to receive Jesus Christ, the coming King, the present King. He has always been King. He will always will be King. The only question is whether you will yield and recognise His King and enter His Kingdom. The Bible says we must be born again, but we receive Jesus Christ. We believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead. The power of God enters us. The pain and the, the trauma of sin is broken and we now become part of another kingdom. 
I wonder if there's anyone here today that's willing to make that decision to receive Christ today. Look, I'm just going to give you a moment. Just Let's just finish right now. Close your eyes. Is there any person here today? You're living a life without God. The Bible says you're walking according to the age of this world, the spirit, the prince of the power of the air that works in the children of disobedience. So it's kind of natural to do dumb stuff. But you say, God, I, I want more than that. I need you to come into my life. I want to discover my identity and purpose. I want to walk with you. I repent of sin. Lord, I've been living a life separated from you. Today is my day for change. Jesus, I want to receive you. Is there anyone here ready to receive Jesus Christ? This is your day. Raise your hand and say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive Jesus Christ. I want to receive him as my Savior. Maybe there's some of you watching online and you're ready to receive Jesus. Raise your hand. Make a response. Make a response. Say, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. See your hand over there. God bless you. God bless you. See hands down there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on, anyone else? We're living in hard times. We need a great God who says all things are possible. We're not going to limit God and forget His great power. We want to honour God. Is there anyone else here today? Anyone else? Perhaps there's some of you here today and you've, you've fallen away from your passion and your love for Jesus. You, you've walked away and you say, I need to come back to the Lord today. Would you just raise your hand right now? Raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to return to the Lord. I want to return, reactivate my prayer life. God bless, God bless. Anyone else? Anyone else here today? Father, we thank You. I can feel the presence of God here. I believe people are going to be touched by the power of God. Come on, let's just reach out to Him now. We're going to stand to our feet. Those people who put their hand up down the back, I'd love you to just come up and meet me at the front. I want to just pray for you. I want to pray blessing over your life. I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. Come, that's the way. Come on, sir. Come on, let's give him a great big clap. Here he comes. Ho, ho, ho. There we go. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. What's your name? TJ. TJ. That's a great name. I like that, TJ. Anyone else want to put, put their hand up or wanted to come? Quickly, come right now. Come right now and join TJ at the front. Anyone else come? Awesome. Come on, this church, close your eyes with me. If you're watching online, you can pray this prayer too. It's called the sinner's prayer. It's a prayer that'll shift you out of the kingdom of darkness and bring you into another kingdom and the power of the age to come. Come on, follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. I come to you today, Lord. I declare I'm a sinner. I have gone my own way. But I tell you, I turn to you. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me from sin, to break its power. I ask you today, Jesus, to deliver me from the kingdom of darkness and place me in your kingdom. By faith today, I receive you as my Savior. I receive your Spirit into my heart. I belong to you. My sins are forgiven. I have a new beginning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for TJ right now. I pray for your power to touch his life right now. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to fall upon you in Jesus' name. Touch him, Lord. I can feel the power of God is all over you, TJ. God loves you, son. You've walked, I feel the Lord saying this to me, that you have walked through very hard times in your family. It was so painful. You suffered. 
You've suffered enormous things, things you've never shared with anyone, secrets that you've carried all your life. And it made you angry and caused you to react and do things you now regret. But the Lord says, this is a new day for you. My son, I love you. I embrace you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never abuse you. I will never hurt you. My love and blessing are upon your life. Touch him, Lord, today. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit come over his life. Amen. Son, God loves you. I can feel his love all over you. Our God is a father to the fatherless. He's a loving father. He's a kind father. He's not an abusive father. He's a loving father. And he loves you. He loves you. Fill him, Lord. Amen. God bless. Love you, son. Just stay in that presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Stay. There's a wonderful presence of God here. Listen, I believe God is wanting to touch people now. Touch people in their lives. The power of the age to come is here. It's always here. We just reach into it by faith. There's a number of people here need to be set free. I see some people here and you're bound by fear and anxiety. Worry. You constantly live worried. There's several people here, three, three people here. And your mother was a great warrior. Not a warrior, a warrior. Worry, full of anxiety, full of stress, constant pressure, kind of smothering and overmothering, and, and it's affected you and you live with anxiety. God wants to set you free. Would you make your way to the front? I'm going to pray for you to be set free from a generational spirit of fear and anxiety. There's some others here today, and you're struggling with a similar thing. You're struggling with fear, the fear of failure. The fear of failure. Come, that's right, come, come. There's several people. Just make your way quickly to the front. Don't hold back. You know, when, we want, when God is moving, we need to respond. God is here today to set people free of fear, set people free of anxiety. Come, 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 come. Let's just come now. There's someone else here. And uh, your, fear, your fear is one of financial failure because when you were younger, there was financial failure in your family. The family went through hardship and hard times. You've never gotten over it. You made a vow inside. I'll never let that happen to me. And yet here it is, you're struggling right now. God wants to set you free. Would you come? Would you come? That fear, fear of financial failure. Come quickly. Come quickly. God bless. God wants to set you free of that fear. God wants to set you free of that fear. Just come. Come. Let's come. The presence of God is here today to help people. The presence of God is here to set people free. Every time someone is delivered, the kingdom of God has come. There's someone here, uh, there's three people here and you're having tormenting nightmares. You're troubled by things at night that you've never talked about. You'd be embarrassed to talk about them, but they trouble you. They've been troubling you for many years. God wants to set you free. Who are those people having those troubling nightmares? Would you come? Please come, please come right now. Come, come, troubling nightmares. You're having troubling nightmares. Wake up afraid. Something's troubling you, it's a spiritual thing. Quickly come, quickly come. God wants to help you and set you free. Come on, let's church, let's begin to pray in the Spirit. Let's begin to pray in the Spirit. There's other people here today, and perhaps you have a sickness in your body. If you have a sickness in your body, then just raise your hand wherever you are. In a moment, as we release the power of God, people are going to gather around you and pray for you. If you have sickness in your body, just raise your hand wherever you are in the congregation. Raise your hand high like that so people can see you. Okay, now have a look around. See people have got their hands up. Go to them. Offer to pray with them right now. Offer to pray with them right now. Do you have a sickness in your body? Okay, let's begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift that atmosphere of worship.
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that your kingdom is here and now. Our prayer today, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth right now. In Jesus' name, we take dominion over every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety, every fear of failure, every tormenting spirit from the occult realm. We take authority over you. We declare your power broken at the cross. Jesus stripped you of power and authority at his cross. And now we exercise his judgment against you. I speak to those hidden spirits now. When I command you, you will manifest your presence and you will lead people. On the count of three. One. presence is here. Three, come out now in Jesus' name. Be loosed, be loosed, loosed in Jesus' name right now. Loosed in Jesus' name right now. Touch and touch. Loosed, 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 loosed. Loose. Touch and touch, touch. Come out, come out now. Generations. Go in Jesus' name. Presence is here. Touch him. Glory forever. Jesus.
Jesus, we honor you. We praise you. You're the best. You're the best. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come, Lord. Lord, empower this church with a fresh anointing of the Spirit. I just sense the Spirit of God wanting to come on people and impart fresh faith. Sometimes we get ground down. We come into a place of just our faith has ebbed out. You've got to do something to keep faith alive. But I believe right now in the power of impartation for God's Spirit to stir faith, to impart back into us what the enemy stole. If that's you today, you say, I want a fresh impartation. Quickly come to the front, lift your hands up, pray in the Spirit, ready to receive, hungry to receive. Come, come, let's come, let's come. Our church needs to arise in this hour. There needs to be strong faith in the church. I thank God for pastors who lead us, who have faith in their heart. Come on, church, let's arise. Let fresh faith come in your heart. Come on, stretch out to the Lord. Stretch out to Him right now. Thank you, Lord. Your presence is here. Your power is here to touch people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we break every spirit of unbelief, every spirit of discouragement, 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 discouragement. We break your hold now. Intimidation. We break your hold now. Witchcraft. We break your hold now. We release a spirit of faith. Come, Lord. On the count of three, we're going to release. 